All right, welcome to episode 33 of Review the News. Uh, lots of stuff going on this week. Uh, we had the final or the finishing up of the trial of uh, George Floyd. We have um, another uh, couple of shootings that uh, the media was deciding whether or not to press the narrative on those particular shootings. Um of course, we're still in COVID hell where uh, Florida and uh, I think it was Texas that don't have any mask mandates. have seen the lowest um, uh, cases out of, still out of all the states that are currently engaged in lockdowns. And uh, yeah, the, there's... Uh, My sister got COVID. Really? So let's get right into it. So uh, what happened? She she got COVID. Uh, she's fine. Uh, oh, all right. The story is that um, one of uh, their friends, you know, they, have the, they have a big group of friends that they've been friends since like grade school. And uh, which sister is this? You know, the mom, youngest, Gary. you know, the, the oldest, Gary. the youngest. And uh, okay. they it was one of their birthday parties, one of their birthdays. So they all went out to dinner. And um, then they came to see me play in the band and I gave them all hugs and kisses and stuff. And then it turns out the couple two or three days later, um, one of them tested positive for COVID and was sick. So they all got tested and uh, my sister came back positive, which was a very, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing either way, but her, uh, her son's first birthday party was the day was scheduled to be the next day, you know, after she tested positive on Friday, the, the birthday party was supposed to be on Saturday. So everything got canceled. Everybody's upset. Um, she was never really sick. I mean, she didn't feel well, um, but she was never really sick. But, um, but yeah, and, and it's so weird because like the one girl, um, she, she tested negative three times. Her husband tested positive three times. He was fine. And she felt like shit. <laughs> and 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 that's a lot of those and that's the truth that's a lot of those stories like my, my boss this is not, not related to them my boss also was bedridden for a week and a half and he tested negative like four times and he's like i can't fucking move like what do you mean <laughs> like what are, you, what are you talking about and then someone like susan who or, or i just said her name but someone like my sister just uh you know had you know a head cold and she did say she had some shortness of breath if she was like running up and down the stairs and stuff and she didn't feel well. She didn't make it sound like it was easy, but uh, she was fine. Didn't lose her taste. Um, so, but yeah, but it's the closest it's hit home to me. And I was with her, um, so we all had to go out and get tested right away. And uh, yeah. but now it's been—I should say this now. So that wasn't this past weekend. It's been whatever ten days now. So she's out of it. She's back out and no, everything's normal. She's back to life, and she's not. She doesn't have to quarantine or. But yeah, so my little sister had COVID. If you believe in it, I remember uh, you were saying about this birthday party, and you, you know, were you were going to go to it? I think because you had tested negative, and then it didn't happen. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I was. I was at the uh, at the point of infection. I see. Uh, um, so, uh, did anyone else get sick that you're aware of? Or no. Well, like I said, really, the ones. Other than my sister, 
everyone that tested negative was sick and everyone that tested positive felt fine. Um, and that's not, I'm not exaggerating. That's how, that's how it happened. So, uh, but I mean, that could just be, and I'm not talking shit. I mean, that's just, that could just be the, you know, the problems with the testing. It's so new. Oh, yeah. Everything's so new. So it's just like, I don't know that, but that's why I always go back to the, and who am I? But I go back to the, you know, if you're not sick, then you're not sick. I don't, I don't, I personally, and I'm not a scientist or I'll just a doctor. I do not believe in this uh, healthy people testing positive and passing it on to people. I just don't believe it. I think if you're sick, you're sick. I think this wasn't the wonder super disease that they feared because they don't trust China and they shouldn't. Right. But they didn't trust China and they took every precaution in the world. And they scared the shit out of us to keep us all safe air quotes. But uh, I just I still don't believe that you can that healthy people can make healthy people. Safe. Wait, just, they just, they they don't they don't trust China. Yet there, they adopted. Harry? What's that? We lost your uh, video feed here. Oh, yeah, I turned it off because my Internet is acting up a little bit. So I thought maybe if I wasn't. I need to see your smiling face. Hold on, let me see. here. Anyway, I'm sorry. So they don't trust China. No, so they don't trust they don't trust China yet. They adopted every method China used to, um, uh, stop the spread, right? Which is, uh, I'm surprised they didn't they didn't wield the or weld uh, your sister's door shut to her house, like we saw the videos in China. I'm sure, and uh, you know all the people dropping dead in the street. Again, it was the complete Chinese psyop. Our epidemiologists, our virologists bought hook, line, and sinker into everything the Chinese were telling them and all the World Health Organization. This idea that they didn't trust China was coming from, uh, and Todd says this all the time, this is where credit needs to go to Todd. Todd always talks about Donald Trump. If Donald Trump didn't, or I would even, and I would even, I would put the caveat in that was really, I would say it was really Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro, well, Trump Trump had to execute on not the information that Navarro gave. But Navarro told Trump to shut the borders down. And if Trump didn't shut the borders down, we could have been far, probably worse off than we really were. And again, this is, um, you know, I, I, I just take, I agree with everything you said up to that point, this idea with that, China was uh, that everyone was going to take these precautions because they didn't trust China is complete nonsense. We're finding out day by day that Fauci basically funded um, the Wuhan Institute of Virology where this gain, gain of function experiment was taking place. And I know both of you have said before, you're not too sure or not willing to commit to that idea that that was um, or maybe the fact that it was weaponized or something like that. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You guys can restate your positions, but um, you know, I mean, it was Fauci that was involved with this from the get-go. So I, Daniel, I definitely think it came that, whether it was on purpose or not. Saying it's on purpose is right. That's where that's where Todd and I you lose us. But you know, I I think you know, I definitely think it came from the lab. And like you were saying, uh, Fauci uh, helping fund the um, that uh, uh, research, gain of function research. Steve Hilton on uh, Next Revolution on Fox has uh, pounded this every week, and I think he's right about this. Uh, that really 
kind of spawned this whole thing. And whether you, I think it's a game of semantics at this point, whether you're going to say it was on purpose or not, because it really doesn't matter if it came from a lab in China, came from a lab in China, and the Chinese government didn't do enough disclosure of our orders to stop it uh, once they knew about it. So, well, either way, I think they're at fault. Yeah, I, I would also I would argue that the fact whether it was released on purpose or not, the Chinese government clearly were were aware of what it was and they did nothing to stop it. They didn't shut down their airports. Right. Yada, yada, yada. We don't have to rehash. this. Every, I want to I want to tell but... one. I want to tell one more quick story. Am I interrupting you? Or are you still going? No, go ahead. I want to tell one more quick story about COVID because I feel like it really encapsulates really everything that the three of us have talked about on this podcast, you know, since the beginning, since COVID. Um, so last, so um, my, my, my one aunt, she's my father's older sister. She's pushing 80 years old. Um, they were all, I, I wasn't there, I was working, but they were all out at one of the niece's birthday parties. They were all together. And my aunt was there. Um, she's fully vaccinated. And it was an outside party and she was wearing a mask. And my father, who's her younger brother, was saying to her, you know, you got to relax. You got to take the mask off. You know, you're vaccinated. It's, you know, it's nice out, you know. And she and she was just panicked, basically, to the point where he was like, well, what are you doing here? Like, you shouldn't even be here if you're going to be this uncomfortable when you're here. Like, you have to relax. You got to, you know, you're 80 years old. You got to, you should be enjoying your family. You shouldn't be terrified all the time. And as he's telling us the story at dinner, my sister, um, she goes, no, you're wrong because you can't tell her how to feel. If that's how she feels, then she has the right to feel that way. And I chimed in and I said, no, you're fucking wrong because she doesn't feel this way because she's just that's just how she is. She feels this way because the media has intentionally scared the shit out of her. She's the perfect age group. Oh, absolutely. Exactly who they're targeting. And you thinking that you're being this like understanding, you know, far left liberal, like, oh, well, if that's how they feel like, no, 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 that's not how she feels. That's how she's that she's been scared. She's terrorized. And he my father, our father saying to her, you need to snap out of it. Enough is enough. Enjoy your what you have left of your life is the right answer. You're wrong. And um, and my mother sent silence and at the table goes, you know, your aunt did say that she said that she you know, she blames the media for her fears and she just she wishes she could snap out of them. So that really is. You know what? That's really what's going on. That's that, really what there going is, on. is people like my sister. Are like, no, if you feel that way, like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. Because she didn't feel like that. If, if the news wasn't covering it 24 seven like they are putting a daily death and, 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 and infection rate on the on the news, then she wouldn't feel that way. You know, you know, you said something very interesting there, Neil, and I don't know if you did it uh, uh, consciously or subconsciously, but you said uh, the word terrorize. And basically, the media today it, it, with the COVID stuff is terrorizing people. I mean, uh, it, it is it is a form of terrorism where you're telling people who have the vaccine, who have gotten vaccinated, that they still need to wear a mask. And then you're going to turn around and you're going to say, well, why haven't you three guys gotten the vaccine or two of them? Why haven't you guys gotten the vaccine? It's like, why? Why would I get the vaccine? I still got to do everything else that I'm doing. And and you know what? The problem is, is you're not going to terrorize me into taking something that I'm not comfortable with taking. Okay. and if you're comfortable with taking it, that's fine. That's your choice. Right. Your body, your choice. We hear this all the time from the left. 
right? My body, my choice. Well, it's my body and it's my choice. Okay. There was just a study done by MIT um, that said uh, you can uh, Google it or duck, duck, go it, whatever you want to do. We'll have to remember. Hold on. Let me send that. We'll uh, have to put it in the show notes. I'll have to pull it up, but my interconnection's kind of slow. I don't want to crash the whole thing. Yeah, because apparently we, a- we do have a listener and they had um, they had uh, suggestions and one of them was, you know, better show them. notes. Yeah. Put links in the so, show notes. Yeah. So, yes. So, so thank you whoever you are. Yeah. They, yes, please. Thank you. Um, we and we will we're gonna work on it and do our best. So we're this is a interactive show. We appreciate it. I'm and that's I'm not it. we're not being jerks. I'm honestly I'm honestly. Oh, yeah, serious. no, I mean Thank I just you. I'm very impressed. That I think um, but my my point my point is is that MIT just did a, a study, and it said six feet. Uh, you can uh, duck duck go. It says six feet or sixty feet, and it, and in the study, so of course immediately. The libs, the leftists and the media, right? They start snipping at it and they're like, hey, look, you can't even be six feet away from people. You have to be 60 feet away from people because that's how bad the COVID virus is. And when you go and you read the article, what it says is, is that uh, let me see if I, uh, Todd, you pulling it up. Let me see if are you going to are you looking it up? I'm trying to, but if you can do it faster, that's fine. No, okay. You go ahead and do it. I don't want to. I'm already running a little slow here. Um, uh, it, it Google uh, MIT six feet or sixty feet. That should f- find the article. Okay. Um, and 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 so no, the MIT people are like, no, that's not what we're saying. They're saying it doesn't matter if you're six feet or sixty feet away because people, when they have the masks on. Uh, I think we've all seen the YouTube video. The guy who puts the mask on, he's he's in negative 20 degree weather and you can see all the the moisture escaping from the mask. And then he puts on the cloth mask and he does that. He breathes real hard and then he puts on the the uh, the double masks and he breathes real hard and you can see the air going up and and, and under and MIT because yeah, you got to breathe. <laughs> right. And MIT basically confirmed exactly what that guy was doing in that YouTube video, which is the masks don't work. And we've seen that because the most restrictive states that have had all these mask um, laws and rules and, and isolations are still have high, quote unquote, COVID cases than right. states that now that have opened up. So go ahead, Todd. Were you going to say something? By the way, I've texted you both the article, so I'm going to figure out how to put it into the show notes. Okay, perfect. But I did find there. Perfect. So, yeah. so again, you know, I, I and I feel ter- I feel terrible for your aunt. She's done everything she's been asked to do, starting from the beginning, and I'm sure of it. That she she flattened the curve for two weeks. Then when they told her to wipe her groceries down with, you know, antiseptic cloths and things like that. I'm sure she had Bleach a car antiseptic. When she was bleaching her growth, I'm sure your aunt did. She, your aunt has listened to everything that these people have said, and she's still being terrorized to the point where she's almost in a catatonic state and can't even snap out of it. And then you have people, I'm sorry, unfortunately, like your sister, 
who is encouraging her 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 neurosis. I mean, it's it's sick. It's sick. I mean, the thing of it is, like, what what your sister, the situation you were describing, it's outside. This person was vaccinated. They've done everything they need to do. They should be able to take off their mask. Quite frankly, I've been vaccinated fully. I'm getting more comfortable being around people. And quite frankly, I kept saying I'm going to try to live the way I've been telling you guys, if if the vaccination, if we still have to use masks after fully vaccinated, then it truly was not a vaccination. So it's either a vaccination or it's not. So you, you really have to, once you're fully vaccinated, you basically, you should trust that it's there, you're protected, you should be able to live your life. All right, you ready? And it's fortunate that some people are saying, no, you have to mask up still and do all of these things because you've already done everything else up to that point uh, to protect yourself, as Gary was saying. You you can go to the Daily Mail, dailymail.com or .co.uk. You can go to their main page right now all right, and after you get below the Oscar bullshit, the next article is Fauci flip-flops again. Top infectious disease expert says outdoor COVID transmission is low and updated mask guidelines due to be released by the CDC. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this shit up. Well, it and is- the thing of it is, when you add the layer of being fully vaccinated, that has to be even lower. I that I mean I don't have the statistics, but, but I would think well, it's even lower. Again, I would go back to our earlier conversation that we had before we started the show about IQ. I don't have a very very high IQ. Um, no, maybe it's an average IQ. I think we I think I prove it weekly that my IQ is probably uh, maybe a point or two above you know a rhesus monkey. But about as, it's about as good as your internet connection over there. <laughs> Gary, if you have to go dark video wise, go ahead and do it. Uh, he's just frozen up. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's just very interesting because, quite frankly, we were told that the vaccination would be the end of this and we could go on with our lives. And the powers that be, really just want to have this continue until I don't know when. I, I, mean, I used to think it was until Biden got elected or Biden got into office. Now I'm not even sure when the end date is. I mean, I, well, I will say, to argue that, I will say, though, Todd, like people, at least here, people are, people that I know are getting sick and are sick, like really sick, like hospitalized sick. And that, that seems to be pretty normal around here right now. So I, you know. I don't do think you know what variant? I don't know. No. Um, I can, I can list they, names of people that you and I know, Gary, that were, were in the hospital that are bad. You know? I'm sorry? Were they vaccinated or were I, they not I, vaccinated? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess that would be a personal. Because, I don't know. Probably, I would guess. Not I mean, that, that that's sick. That, that, that's the whole point of the vaccination, right? Like you get it. Same with a flu shot, right? 
You can get yeah, but they were saying fifty percent. They were saying fifty percent of new cases were people who had vac who had been vaccinated. I'm not talking about just having being sick. I'm talking about like needing to be hospitalized, like being really sick. Like if I te- if I don't feel well and I get a COVID test and I test positive and I just have you know just don't feel well for a couple of weeks. I don't consider that being sick. Like I, I worry about when you have to be hospital, think about how bad you must feel to actually be like, I need medical attention. I need to fucking go to the emergency room. Like that's sick. And, uh, and I, I just, I'm just saying, I, I do think that it is still here, you know, unless it's the flu and they just changed the name. I don't know. Look, oh, I, I think, you know, what? I'm, I carry around my papers, my vaccination papers, just in case, if I ever get sick and I have to go to the hospital, I can show them, hey, I've been vaccinated. I did everything you had, you told me to do. So, so now what? So, yeah. But, uh, but I, I do feel like I have to carry around yeah. papers. Well, one, one card, but you know what I mean. So, I, 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 yeah, uh, no, I, 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 I just think it's interesting that, um, again, you're starting to state the, I think in the end of all of this is that it's really a power play because they suppress any data that's contrary to the mainstream narrative. And you would think if it was truly science-based, um, information that they were putting out that they would encourage people and other scientists and other epidemiologists and virologists and infectious disease experts and all these people that have counter evidence to what they're saying. I I would say show it because I would want to end something that's not helping people that's harming people, but instead they bury these people. Um, you know, we still, why, why haven't people be, been given hydroxychloroquine with zinc uh, as a prophylactic. This would probably prevent a lot of those people making it, getting into those hospitals. That's why Africa has lower. Uh, I don't. I, I have to be careful because I, I've read an article and I can't remember a lot of it. But from the gist of it was that Africans aren't getting COVID at the same rate as the rest of the world, and that's because they take hydroxychloroquine. As a prophylactic, who uh, defend themselves from malaria. We've talked about this in the past. So, yeah. But anyway. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, so, so but it is very unfortunate, Neil, your situation. You know, you know multiple people that are getting sick. That's yeah. not good. I would just like to know if any of those have been vaccinated because if they've been fully vaccinated, then. We're in trouble because, quite frankly, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't. Think well, that was my point before. Is that the there's, uh, a, I guess they've been tracking people on something close to. I want to say half. I could be wrong. Could be a little bit lower. But they're saying there's a large enough percentage of the population that's been vaccinated that is showing up now as new COVID cases. And Neil was the one who said it. He was talking about hospitalizations. But the simple fact that you can still get COVID even after you've been vaccinated shows that the effective rate of the vaccines is probably closer to 60% than 90%. And the idea is if you want to get everyone vaccinated, the people who are vaccinated should be out in the public getting herd immunity, but there's so many different variants 
and they keep talking about these different variants. And that's the other thing, because this and that's why it'll never truly go away, because there's going to be one variant after the other. You have the Brazil, you have the South Africa, you have the UK, you have all these variants and they're they're going to turn the vaccine into the flu shot, which is what yearly. And then you have to get booster shots every six months. And then it's, you know, what is the point? But gee, that that's pretty normal way. I get the flu shot. Probably you guys probably don't, but I get the flu shot basically every year, except for this year. I didn't want to go to a hospital, but uh, uh, basically when I get a flu shot, I know that I could still get the flu, but I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take 50% probably off the table. So if this is 60%, they're not being truthful with us at 90%, but I'll, you know, 60% is better than zero. But, you know, if, um, you know, but if they're being untruthful to us, that would be an issue, but. But they're selling it, you know, part of it, Todd, is if they're saying that, that it's only going to give you that 60%, you're right, that's one thing. But they're telling people Right. That after they get the vaccine, that they're good. Right. But, that's but true. people aren't. So. But I mean, quite frankly, like we've always all said, you can't stay in your home here the rest of your life. You, you people are not going to do that. I mean, we're, we can only socially distance and do all these things for a certain amount of time. And most people are through with this anyway right now. Uh, yeah. Most of my friends are gathering. They're they're doing their thing, and I mean it's like it's going to be part of life now. COVID is going to be part of life, just like the flu or any other disease that might actually be harmful to you. You might get, but there's there's risk in life for anything, and we're just going to have to manage it. I think. All right. Well, let's shift gears. Um... So uh, do we want to talk about, I, th- I think the media the last week, I don't know if people want to put the podcast on and hear another hot take on the George Floyd uh, trial, but we can talk about it for a few minutes if we want. No, I think uh, people want to know your take there. Mine, if person wants you to go first. Well, I disagree with it here. So quite frankly, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you got second degree, basically, um, yeah, everything was uh, guilty. All three charges were guilty, um, and I, I thought it was second degree uh, murder. Uh, I think I said that last week on the show, and he got all three charges uh, guilty. And here's the thing, though, this I, I think of uh, these situations. I evaluate every situation differently. So this particular case, I believe that this was a proper and correct ruling. That does not mean I believe that the left using this for every other situation is justified. This particular uh, situation, I think was correct uh, judgment, but I do not believe that the, uh, that every other situation should be judged exactly like that. That's the difference I would uh, say in this situation. Uh, yeah, but what, what is your take? No, let's go to Neil first. Was good. <laughs> um, well, I I mean, I, I think he killed that guy, and I think they, they proved that uh, in court. 
you know, that's all I have to say. I thought he was guilty, and they said he he is guilty. He, is that a good <laughs> enough take? I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, can you expound on that a little bit? Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, if you if you're telling me he had, he was pinning this guy down by his throat, whether he was on drugs, but matter how big he was. I mean, you had to know he was harming this person, right? And I would also think that if I was physically doing that to someone, I would feel the life come out of them. You know, you'd feel them stop breathing and, and this and that. And that, and that to me is, you know, it, it, is it because of him? Did he physically end this man's life? I mean, it, it sounds like he did. It sounds like he's going to pay for it. I I, uh, I agree with Neil. Neil's... Uh doing it, uh, you know, I, I just think that um, this particular situation, there's just no excuse. I, I don't, I, I can't justify any of, because you're going to feel someone uh, passing away. And uh, this particular situation, I just cannot justify. Garrett, the floor is yours. I just think, um, I find it hard that you can be convicted of doing something intentionally and unintentionally at the same time. Um, and that's the difference between second and third, de- third degree murder. Um, well, I was, I was surprised that I thought he was going to be guilty on second degree murder. I'm surprised that the other charges he was found guilty about because I thought second degree guilty, but that would mean the other charges probably not because the, the second degree was intentional. Well, I, I mean, the others were lesser and they basically contradicted the um, top charge of second degree murder, like you were saying. So I was a little surprised that he got guilty on all three just on a technical issue because of the contradiction there. But, um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I mean, that's part of it. I, I, I really think that, um, well, you know, it's interesting because uh, I think Rudy Giuliani would agree with both of you and Neil, and I'd be disagreeing with, disagreeing with Rudy, and I like Rudy. Uh, you and Neil, not so much. Uh, <laughs> but Rudy, Rudy. Yeah, um, so... I think in the end, I'm not really sure that uh, I'm not really sure Troven got a fair trial. I think, I think that there is a possibility. As I, as I, if I, if I'm going to be honest and take a step back and look at everything presented, there's definitely a case for him to go to jail for something, because I think the two points that you guys made are valid. Um, in the sense that, okay, it's one thing subduing somebody, you know, if he was wrestling with George Floyd and George Floyd died, then I think your points would not be valid in the sense that how would he know if he's in the middle of a struggle that he, you know, winds up doing something where the guy just dies on him or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's not a good example, but, um, What's you that? Anything. You didn't no. hear anything I just said. Yeah. No. I was well. I was kind of agreeing. There are stories like if you 
like you go to a bar with your friends and you do a bar fight and you punch somebody. The guy that you hit falls and hits the back of his head and dies. All of a sudden you're going to jail for murder. You're a fucking criminal. You were like, you know, defending well, your buddy in a drunken bar fight. But that, so you do hear things like that. Right. And that and that's the point I that Todd mentioned before about the intentional and unintentionality of it. Right. And 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 I and and I, and again, I'm trying to I'm trying to be nuanced with this, but I, I just think the pro the problem is that I have is that I don't think the trial was fair in the sense that this was a very, very, very high profile trial. I think the jury should have been sequestered immediately. I think perhaps uh, moving it out of Hennepin County. Um, when Maxine Waters shows up and demands the bright verdict, um, when Joe Biden talks about thinking that Chauvin's guilty, I mean, does this guy really even have a chance? Now, regardless, now let's say, let's say I agree with you. Let's say he is guilty, okay? That doesn't necessarily take away or diminish the point that the pool was, um, you know, they poisoned the well, Um for Chauvin. And I think in a, in our society, especially when it comes to things of this nature, we want to be extra, extra, extra careful of um, making sure that we're doing everything that we can to ensure fairness, no matter what we think about Derek Chauvin, no matter what we think about George Floyd. Um, and I don't think the judge or the state of Minnesota did did a, a good enough job. And I don't think Jacob Fry releasing the payout for $27 million right before the trial started or a day or two into the trial, um, you know, you're just setting yourself up when you do things like that to have people question the validity of, of the trial. And I just think that that, that is, a, is done a huge disservice and, you know, I, so is Chauvin guilty of something? Yeah. You could probably make the argument. He was guilty of something, uh, second, third. And what was the other charge? A manslaughter charge? Manslaughter. Yes. I mean, uh, so we've gone from excessive against George Floyd to now we've gone excessive against Chauvin. Okay. But I think there's other issues that need to be impacted with the whole trial as well. I, I, number one, where's the racial component? They didn't even mention it in the trial. There's no ra There was no racial component no. because that yeah, was, there, that was proper in my opinion. Well, but but my point is is that it's being used as a racial cudgel to beat the shit out of every single white person and every cop but they didn't even put anything racial in the trial. So this whole idea that Derek Chauvin targeted uh, George Floyd because he was black is not as blatantly false. And again, like you were saying, that's the media. That's what they're saying. That was not what the trial said. Right. And so the other, the other thing I would say about that is um I'm sure I'm very, very sure Minnesota has a hate crime modifier that if they thought that Derek Chauvin was committing a hate crime on George Floyd, they would have put that modifier on and charged him with the hate crime. But again, they didn't. So my point with that is 
you know that but that's how but why does black lives matter get involved if george floyd wasn't killed because he was black now was george floyd the victim of police brutality todd you've made that argument week in and week out okay but not once did i ever hear you say that derek Chauvin targeted george floyd because he was black no he didn't in my opinion he did not this was one man's hubris because he had a badge. He thought he could have authority and he could do whatever he wanted, regardless of the uh, um, uh, person in custody's race. I don't think that was the case. I think it was just one person, one cop, who thought he could get away with anything that he wanted. And the race of the victim didn't matter in this case in my opinion yeah and and so i think we see the 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 dante wright shooting now which was the lady the female cop who uh shot uh devante wright even though he was trying to flee the scene and she thought she was going for a taser there's they're turning that into a racial component. And all you see, it's these groups and the media come and they turn it into a racial component immediately. And that's what the narrative is used. And I mean, the, 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 the sick part of this is the president of the United States uses this, this as a racial thing. He said it in his speech. He was like, there's systemic race. It's like, clearly there's not because Derek Chauvin would have been charged with the racial crime. This woman who shot this Dante... Right. Would be charged with a racial crime. We have all of these things on the books. Right. We have what are called hate crimes now. And they usually add, I think, what they add, like 10 years or they add they're 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 a modifier. They modify. They make it worse. So if you are convicted of committing a hate crime, it, 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 it multiplies your jail sentence. And we're not seeing these with the with these police officers. And the other piece is. um. You know, they're now it's this Micaiah. Uh, I don't know what her name is. Micaiah something. Um, she was the girl who was stabbing the other girl and the cop shot her. And now they're turning that into a racial thing. And, you know, part of me at, at one point, it's like. If you're a cop and you get called to those scenes, do you even show up? I mean, do you even bother? Because, yeah, you could argue that Chauvin was hubris. And you could argue that other female cop was an idiot because she didn't know her taser from her pistol, which I kind of find is a bit of a stretch. That's crazy. Um, but this cop showed up and didn't seem to do anything wrong. Sees a brawl happening and sees a girl take a knife and lunge at another girl with the knife. So he shoots her dead. If you're a cop, do you show up? And my other point is, is I, 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 and I've said this before. I think there's a good case for conservatives to defund to to defund the police as well. I think Dave Pinson mentioned this on the show a couple shows ago about the horseshoe effect, where the left and right meet in terms of, uh, you know, um, you know, defunding the police. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's craziness. And also what's crazy, I mean, I guess we've talked about this before, but unfortunately, this George Floyd um, thing is not, 
it happens. It's not unique. I guess if, if that's the right way to say it, it happens all the time that it's, this is just the one the media decided to pick up and run with, you know, I mean, they have yeah. an entire square with, with statues and murals. Yeah. In this section of Minneapolis where he thought, I mean, that is just fascinating to, it's a religion. That's really what it comes down to. It's a cult. It's a religion. It's 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 uh, Marxist ideology. I know we we touched on it again before the show. Uh, Christopher Rufo wrote a, wrote a great article in Imprimis. Um, actually, I think it was from a speech or something he gave about critical race theory and how the you know the woke and the BLM will take events like this. Again, we've we've talked at length here that it doesn't really have a racial component. They'll add that racial component. They'll pick. A particular incident, right? Because the Adam Toledo one, where the 13-year-old Hispanic kid got shot and killed in Chicago, that that first they were marching for, and then all of a sudden you see that thing fall out of the. They don't even talk about that. I don't even know if you heard that story, Neil. I don't know that story. Well, Adam Toledo was a 13-year-old kid at two in the morning who who had a pistol in his hand because he was holding the gun for an associate who was in his 20s and they were shooting at people's windows and so the 13 year old had it a cop went chasing after him of course the kid took off and then when the kid stopped he went and turned i think he dropped the gun or he was shot with the gun in his hand but he was shot and killed but that story all of a sudden that story started to pick up steam and then it's disappeared you haven't seen it and uh, there's a guy on on uh, Twitter. His name's Steve Saylor. Um, he was like, well, what, "What what happened to the story? What why isn't the media right going with this story where they're picking? They're going with the girl who got shot with the knife, right? You had two kids who were shot by cop, and at first they were pushing both stories, and now the media is really only focused on the one the one story." Um, why is that? Well, no, I mean, I, I, my, so I, I tweeted back to him. I said, my speculation is that if they push the Adam Toledo story in Chicago, that the, the problem is, is you'll actually have to talk about murder in Chicago. And we know that most of the murder in Chicago is minority on minority murder. And I don't think the media wanted to go down that road because if they expose that, and people started talking about it, then it would destroy the other narratives that they're creating that basically white racist cops are out murdering minorities. And I think that's why that story went away so fast. I pro- And maybe also the officer who shot him might have been black. I don't know. I, I, I'm just speculating. I don't know what the color of the officer was. Yeah. But or it could have been his or he could have been Hispanic himself. Right. So then that whole narrative gets blown out of the water. Cause it's not a white cop. Um, but you know, it was a black cop who shot Ashley Babbitt at the Capitol yet. We still do don't know who he is. Um, and or she, well, we or know who she, they, they identify as, um, yet, you know, we're, we're, we're told all cops are bastards except the Capitol police who are heroes. So, uh, the left as usual does the, the pretzel twist and is able to support the Capitol police, but at the same time, hate all other police. 
um, which I find to be extremely fascinating. What I disagree with is uh, when the president uh, of the United States talks about the knee on the neck of uh, certain people, I think that's disgusting. I think uh, that image uh, should not uh, be used to stoke racial division even further in this country. And the president that we have right now, by using that term, doesn't do anything to help um, the discussion of race in this country whatsoever. That I, I think it's, I will use the Hillary Clinton term deplorable. That's my two cents on that one. Because he, he mentioned the knee on the neck in his speech last week in the White House. And I just basically cringed. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the... Maybe that's he was the, talking about something else, Todd. Well, that's the agenda that they're pushing. Uh, that's what you're going to see going forward. And, uh, I mean, they're... Again, this is not what the statistics bear out when it comes to crime, when it comes to people being shot by cops, when it comes to being unarmed people shot by cops. And I'm no, I'm no defender of the police, but... Go ahead, Neil. No, keep, keep, keep going. I was going to tell you that um, uh, Minnesota AG Keith Ellison, do you know about this? He says he felt bad for Derek Sh uh, Chauvin. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It says the lead prosecutor in Derek Chauvin's murder trial admitted an interview aired on Sunday night, which is tonight, that he felt, quote, felt a little bad for a convicted former Minneapolis police officer. The attorney general was asked on 60 Minutes about his reaction when the jury came back with a guilty verdict in a high-profile case this week. Quote, gratitude, humility, followed by a certain sense of, I'll say, satisfaction is what we were aiming for the whole time. Uh, quote, I spent 16 years as a criminal defense lawyer, so I will admit I felt a little bad for the defendant. I think he deserved to be convicted, but he's a human being. And it goes, if you want me to keep going, it goes on and on. Well, why would he feel, why would he feel a little bad? Keith Ellison was a big time person in the Democratic Party. Uh, before this, he was a Hillary, Hillary Clinton operative um, in 2016, where he, he was very big. Uh, I think he was the chairman of the Democratic Party or something like that before he became a G. So I'm actually a little surprised he would even say anything toward the uh, yeah. Well, he supports, he's a big supporter of Antifa. Um, he was photographed with uh, the Antifa playbook. He supports uh, all those crazies, uh, that real hardcore left wing, um, you know, the communist. Attorney General does? Yeah. 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 You can, yep. you can, yeah, Google it. Keith Ellison, Antifa. Um, and, uh, I think Keith Ellison has aspirations for higher office, right? So he's not going to come out and blast Chauvin. He's not going to alienate completely the electorate, if, especially if he wants to be governor um, or senator, whatever else he wants to do, right? He's going to he, – he, he has his scalp. There's no need to dance on uh, Chauvin's grave um, because he made his, 
his point that he can uh, <clears throat> that he'll extract justice any way he can, uh, whether rightly or wrongly. And um, you know, I would again, I go back which to the, which isn't justice at all. No, it's not. And I would go back to the my concerns with how the trial unfolded. And I think Neil, perhaps his point of I feel bad for Derek Chauvin, it's like, well, why would you feel bad for him if you thought he was guilty unless you knew the deck was stacked against him? It's kind of an admission of guilt, I would think. That's how, you know, my, you know. I think he was just trying to uh, hold his courage for a higher offense. I mean, Keith Ellison, I've, I've known about him for a long time before he was AG of Minnesota. I mean, he's a politician. He, he wants to get into higher office, so I think that's why he would say that. He's been in big-time politics in the Democratic Party in the last few years. So um, in that was, regard, I'm not surprised about that. Uh, when he was a congressman, he was accused by his ex-girlfriend of sexual assault, and they buried it. So he's he's got a lot of skeletons in his closet. Um that they never went and explored. Uh, he, he's a typical, he, he's a, he, yeah, he's a typical um, power obsessed, um, you know, leftist from Minnesota, which is where all those, the, the, you know, you got Ilhan Omar uh, and those types out there. So, and I think, I think Ilhan Omar took, uh, when he left to be the AG, that was his seat. I think um, that Ilhan Omar could be wrong. I have to check that. But yeah, I just think um, By I think the way, it's a he was uh, he was the head of the Democratic National Committee before he won this uh, Minnesota AG uh, position. So he was uh, the head of the DNC at one point. I don't think the Derek Chauvin trial will solve anything. And I think they will continue to find these uh, instant incident incidents and they will continue to burn uh, cities down. I, I really don't see an end in sight. Why would you stop at this point? They're getting everything they wanted, right? Again, whether you think Derek Chauvin was guilty or not, they got what they, they said he was guilty and they got what they wanted, which is a guilty ruling. And you can't just go this idea that it was like, see, justice was served. It's um, the way they look at it is, have you stopped beating your wife yet? Right. So if if they didn't convict Derek Chauvin, it's white supremacy. But if you do convict Derek Chauvin, you know, it just proves that there's white supremacy and you have to convict people who engage in white supremacy and that's so it's again it, it goes to that wife beating question um and and it's never it's not going to end i don't see it ending anytime soon i think the summer will be on fire i think there'll be another incident there'll be something else that they'll manufacture uh, again right or wrong i mean it goes with like what we were talking about in the interview last week about staff sergeant pentland uh removing that kid or a kid he's not a kid he's a man removing that man out of his community, push that guy. Um, and they're, they've turned that into, um, again, another racial immediately when it's a black guy and a white guy, it's a racial thing. 
Uh, they don't talk about how many white people are murdered every year by black people um, because that's a very uh, that's not a very good statistic to look at. But, you know, Pentland gets kicks this guy out of the community. Um, you know, again, they portray him as this innocent guy walking on a cell phone. That's not true. He had uh, sexually harassed a couple women. He had tried to take a baby out of a baby carriage. Um, That's where I draw the line. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, you come to find out, you know, this, this guy had, was known to the police. The police never did anything. This one guy steps up, does the right thing, kicks him the hell out of there. And uh, it's manufactured into something else to the point where Black Lives Matter is at uh, Sergeant Petlin's house. They vandalize his house, the Department of Justice and the military. The v- first off, the United States Army, the military is an absolute disgrace. Is an absolute, especially when it comes to this absolute disgraceful. The military is a joke. Um, the U.S. Army is a joke. Uh, oh, but why? Because. They don't even know what happened with the Sergeant Pentland guy and the, the the army and the Department of Justice already started to make moves to get like to, to, to put, you know, get the guy in trouble. And they don't even know what the heck has happened. It's a civilian matter and it happened off post. So it happened off the base. It's a civilian matter. Um, and the charges were trumped up anyway. The charges, he didn't get charged with assault until people marched onto the police station. So, uh, and the sheriff buckled because the sheriff's a coward. And that goes back to my whole point before where I was talking about, I'm, I'm a big fan of defunding the police. The police are not there to save you. The police are there to execute whatever the policies are. And that's funny. I, I, you know, it's like, uh, Keith Ellison feels bad for Derek Chauvin. I don't. Would a Derek Chauvin not think that one day he'd be thrown under the bus being in a city like Minneapolis? Like, give me a break. This goes for like cops in Seattle. It's like I don't feel any remorse when they get in trouble. None whatsoever. It's like you know what the politics of the city are. But they look at those union pensions and they look at those, um, you know, they look at their uh, ben, you know, benefits and everything else, their health care and all that stuff. And the fact that they like carrying a gun and having a badge. And they and they go, hey, I'm cool with that. And then when something happens where where there's someone who actually needs help or something that needs to happen or they're never there. You look at the the, the Pentland thing is is perfect. It's a, a mob demands justice and the sheriff totally caves goes, here you go. And even in the um, uh, what was the uh, uh, the one with um, uh, Dante Wright, the city commissioner or the city manager came out and said, uh, hey, we need to wait for due process. They fired him <laughs> because he said, you got to wait to have due process on Kim Potter, who was the cop who pulled the, ta- the gun instead of the taser. Again, again, all these cops, let me tell you, this is what these cops. This is what these cops think. This is what these cops think, right? They wake up in the morning. Okay, I guarantee you every cop... Tell us us what they think. Let's get inside their heads. Every... Okay, this is what I think they think. And I I got a sinking suspicion. I'm spot on. Um, The morning after the Derek Chauvin trial, every cop in every major city 
got into their cop car or they drove to work and on their way to the work, they said to themselves, Derek Chauvin is an idiot. That'll never happen to me. And I just need to hide for X amount of years and I can get my pension and buy my boat and sail off into the sunset. That's what every cop said after the Derek Chauvin trial. I mean, I, I like that. Sounds, sounds nice, right? Get my money, sail off in the sunset. That, that's that's not what I was always told you, Joe. I thought cops were heroes, Neil. I, you know, guys who just go get money and sail off into the sunset. I thought they were evil stockbrokers. They, I guess they sail off on different size boats, I suppose. But no, I mean, I mean you, why do you become a cop? I mean, you become a cop really because you because you need money because you have to work. You know, you have to pick in life. Unfortunately, everyone has to work and you got to pick something. And certain people, you know, have that calling. That's what they want to do. And uh, but that's one of the one of the benefits of being a cop, right, is you can retire kind of young and you can be taken care of after that. And maybe that bleeds the system for our, our children and grandchildren. But that's one of the perks that they have. And they can also use the, you know, the force of the state to put people who are innocent in jail. And they can also do things that are, uh, they can, uh, um, uh, trump up charges based on a mob. They can, you know, they can, they can be, uh, like the coward in Broward. Who's the cop who didn't go into the building when a kid shooting a bunch of unarmed high school students. I mean, yeah. And then you can sue to get your job back and get your pension because you're a government, Listen, the the cops are are not these heroes. Yeah, there's some. Right, so, so we've gone after the FBI, the military, and now we're going after cops. Well, I'm just I'm what just else, saying I, I agree. I think we should defund the police. I'm just saying maybe I'm a leftist now. Maybe I'm a what maybe does defund I'm... the police actually mean less police or less money for the police officers. Like, what is it literally? That actually means uh, directing uh, money toward mental health and all that stuff. Well, actually, what what the fund the police means when it's said by the left is that they don't want to actually get rid of the police. They want to control the police 100 percent and use them to to uh, put people in jail for not wearing their masks during the covid pandemic. All right. Well, I mean, uh, what what is it? What is it? But that, that but that's 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 what the, the left wants control of the police forces to put their enemies into jail. That was part of the one of the articles that I had sent to you guys. The other, the defund the police to me means actually getting rid of the entire police would be abolishing that's, the police. I've heard abolishing like, the police. Like, I don't, I don't know what it's like out there, but I know here, I know in these towns here, these cops are they're like you know out of the academy, out of out of college, out of the academy, out of college, out of the academy. These cops are like. And I'm not knocking them. These cops are like mid late twenties, making 150 grand a year, like to drive around and and you know, yeah, break balls, break speeding tickets, yeah, and 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 or you know, God forbid, you know, help paramedics when old people die and stuff. There's no real, you know, these guys aren't exactly fighting crime in where I live, and they're making a lot of money as young men. And so when I hear, and I'm genuinely asking, when I hear defund the police, I'm like, well, is it really? Is what they do really worth that much money? Do they want to just spend that money on other things? You know, I mean, they don't want to get rid of the police. That's insane. That's insane. 
Gary may disagree with me, but my Democratic friends have told me they, they want to redirect some of the funds from the police to uh, mental health um, organizations. There is even a bill in the Washington State Legislature for a hotline 988 for if you're experiencing a mental health um, difficulty, you're going to be rerouted to a mental health person. And um, quite frankly, the, what the Democrats, what they tell me that they want, they want mental health people to be around with the police so they can actually <laughs> deal with those kind of things. No, I'm just, no I know. I'm just it's just hilarious. It's just... Um, we know. Uh, but uh, because mental health uh, situations don't need a gun, they need a mental health uh, counselor and help in that regard. Uh, you know, and that's what they tell me. So there you go. Gary, if you disagree, well, I, that's I, I'm fine. just saying but, that, uh, they, that they, they say that and when they actually propose their budgets, those those things are funded at a very minimal level. Um, the, in reality, they want to control the entire police force and make what crimes they see fit or they prioritize as crimes. Right. I, I go back again. The Capitol Police were praised for dealing with the Trump supporters and the FBI is praised for going after the, the Trump supporters. Um, and I have quotes on that uh, during the Capitol riots. But all other cops are bastards. And so that to me reveals what the left is all about, right? When the cops are out bashing the brains in of their enemies, the cops are great. When the cops are bashing, you know, their quote unquote constituency brains in, that's bad. And, and so when they say defund the police, they really want to control it. Yeah. They give you that bullshit about social workers and everything else, but we've, that stuff doesn't work. That's all failed junk from the 60s. That's failed nonsense. If anything, if you were really going to do anything, you would want to build mental institutions, staff them with uh, uh, doctors and nurses, and then be able to commit people for their rest of their lives. But they got to, they, again, the left didn't thought that was cruel and unusual. They didn't want people to be able to be committed. So they got rid of all that stuff. And Reagan was part of that. I mean, Ronald Reagan in California are, argued for that as well. Ronald Reagan said it's extremely expensive for the state to be the ward of all these people. Why are we in charge? And he cut he he cut a lot of the mental health um, and the, the mental hospitals in California. And then he brought those policies with him to the White House. Um, I mean, so he. he not that he shoulders all the blame because a lot of it was driven by the left, but they're part, he's partially to blame for that too. Um, yeah, I never really cared for him much. Reagan. <laughs> okay. You want to wait? Go ahead. I'm the resident Reagan defender here because I'm a couple of years older. I actually remember Reagan. I remember. So, I remember Reagan. Yeah. So, but um, no, I'm just joking, <laughs> Neil. It, it's funny. You know how to push my buttons. But uh, so, yeah. So we we've um, 
we've delayed long enough. We need to, uh, to talk about what we talked about off air, about the two articles. Maybe controversial, but I think it would be very fun. Well, which which are which article do you want to start with? I think. Well, the the one, the the one that really got my goat was the one about the jury, and uh, the depressed IQ, um, the the white IQ was going down. And the minority IQ didn't help that and all that stuff. So let's let's get into that because I don't want to miss that because I think that was a pretty good discussion we had off air, um, you know, and we kind of disagree pretty pretty profoundly well, on that. I, so. Let's let's set the let's set, set the, it set the table, would you? Yeah. So so first of all, it was an article by Lance Welton. And he he was critical of the jury system, and so his point um, was that a majority of of, of uh, so I'll read some some parts here. So he goes, so a majority of Chauvin's jurors were women. This is interesting because in common law jurisdictions prohibit women serving as jurors until surprisingly recently. The Civil Rights Act of 1957 first gave women the right to serve on federal juries, but it wasn't until 1973 that all 50 states had passed similar legislation. There may have been a reason for this prohibition. As I discussed a while ago in Are Women Destroying Academia? Probably. Females are on average less intelligent than males, lower in systematizing, and higher in empathy, meaning that they are more inclined to put social harmony ahead of the truth, and they are more open to emotional arguments. This is why geniuses who combine very high Q with an autistic focus on the truth and and consequent complete lack of interest in our ability to feel empathy are overwhelmingly male. My article caused quite a stir to which female academics responded exactly as predicted. See women in universities, provost Lauren Roble, Dean Eide Kesner show why women in universities are not a good thing. So having so many women on the jury probably wasn't good for Chauvin. Let the record show, however, that the jury that acquitted George Zimmerman was entirely made up of women. See why the George Zimmerman's trial all female jury is news by Andrew Guthrie Ferguson, The Atlantic. The Chauvin jury was half non-white. This was probably more of a problem for Chauvin. As I have shown, black people, partly because they're less intelligent on average and partly because they are more ethnocentric than whites, possess less of a concept of fairness. The same is true in a more complex way for Jews. This means that all else being equal, the jury system is more likely to deliver an unfair verdict if they are on the jury, especially in a case where a white cop is accused of murdering a black man. Thus, racial differences are dramatically evident in differing attitudes to how judges should behave. Thus, in 2017, a majority of whites, 58%, told pollsters that judges should rule on the basis of the law but an even large majority of blacks thought that judges should rule on the basis of fairness and justice, i.e. whatever they feel like. Only about a quarter, 
28% of blacks supported the principle, obviously much more sophisticated of objective law. Women are significantly less likely to support the principle of objective law than men, 49% to 59%, more likely to be unsure about the issue, 12% versus 8%. Unfortunately, no data was published by race combined with gender. This pattern presumably holds for white women. C, voter belief the Supreme Court should stick to constitutional plunges, racial breakdowns in crosstabs available to platinum, uh, uh, his platinum service subscribers. Okay. Note that the pollsters also report that, su- that support for the Supreme Court sticking to the law is falling sharply. One reason for this may be that it takes intelligence to grasp the principle of objective law and intelligence levels are falling even among whites. As I've written, there's a growing body of evidence that IQ is in decline. According to research on this decline set out in 2018 book, At Our Wits Ends, Why We're Becoming Less Intelligent and What It Means for the Future, by British scholars Edward Dutton and Michael Woodley of of Mini, one of the correlates of low intelligence is corruption. And, And this includes the corruption of the legal system. According to the research, we were under... Darwinian selection for the intelligence until about 1800 because the richer 50% of the population had about the double the number of surviving children as the poorer 50% of the population. The con- this continuously raised IQ due to the robust relationship between intelligence and socioeconomic status. As such, at our wit's end shows that from 1100 to about 1800, markers of intelligence increased, even though living standards didn't increase much at all, as every generation, the least intelligent people died off. Literacy rises, numeracy increases, heads and thus brains get larger. People commit less murder and are less cruel. Empathy correlates with IQ and the sort of system, systemic unfairness known in England as the old corruption declines because intelligence predicts superior moral reasoning and simply being less selfish. More intelligence allows you to better imagine what it is like to be someone else and to have a better understanding, therefore, of what is fair. It allows you to rise above your instincts to be selfish or ethnocentric because solving cognitive problems, the essence of intelligence, involves doing this. But intelligence, according to At Our Wits End, has been in decline since at least 1900 due to a variety of factors, including reliable contraception, which smart people are better at using, feminism, which persuades smart women to limit their fertility, and welfare, which positively encourages low IQ women to have children. Intelligence is highly genetic, and the, and the book cites research showing that the prevalence of alleles associated with very high educational attainment and so indirectly associated with very high IQ has been falling in Western samples across the generations. Selection against variants in the genome associated with educational attainment. Um, And he cites it by Augustine Kong. Based on per capita levels of major innovation, our average intelligence peaked at about 1870 and has fallen since then by over 15 IQ points. The difference between a high school science teacher and a science professor. Our IQ is now back at where it was in the 16th century, and there was little justice in the 16th century. The legal system was corrupt, a means by which despots such as Henry VIII kept themselves in power by executing their political opponents. This was a period in which juries were intimidated, 
bribed or even sent back to reconsider if they reached the wrong verdict because people's moral reasoning was weaker. IQ correlates with trust because people with low IQ can't work out who to trust. So it's best to trust nobody. Generalized trust and intelligence in the United States by Noah Carl and Francisco Bellari. So juries couldn't trust, perhaps rightly, that the system would defend them if they delivered the wrong verdict. And being less intelligent with intelligence correlating with analytic thinking, a stupid jury would be more easily swayed by emotional, illogical, post hoc, ergo prompter hoc arguments such as, well, I don't understand what that is. So I, I might be in that low intelligence category. He was, he you, was, you, you got me at, at my um, attention deficit category <laughs> over here, Gary. I'm almost done. Uh, let me go back to that lessons. Uh, with intelligence correlating with analytic thinking, a stupid jury would be more easily swayed by emotional, illogical, post hoc, ergo prompter hoc arguments such as he was he was when kneeling on his neck around the time he died. So that's why he died. So bringing these trends together, we have a murder trial which has become central to the new religion of multiculturalism in which George Floyd seems to be some kind of latter-day equality Jesus with Nancy Pelosi calling him a martyr. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Her comments were insane. Well, um, we don't talk about her on this show. Well, I, I would agree with you on that. She was, I don't know what happened with that. <laughs> I don't yeah. Um. We have a multiracial, predominantly female jury who will thus have been thoroughly inculcated with BLM and won't be able to see past emotional arguments. And even if they're not true believers in the need to avenge St. George, the jury know even more so because they weren't sequestered due to judicial incompetence or corruption that they will cause nationwide chaos and death if they deliver the wrong verdict, as Congresswoman Waters made clear. All of this will persuade them to convince themselves that they believe in the right verdict or just go along with it anyway, hence the quick deliberation. Low in trust, they may fear that their names will be leaked if the wrong verdict is delivered. Indeed, even the judge clearly felt the pressure, admitting that there were grounds for an appeal due to the inability for there to be a fair trial, but dismissing the motion for a mistrial nevertheless. So it makes perfect sense why Derek Chauvin has been convicted for the murder of the violent criminal George Floyd. It's just even worse news than we thought. Uh, any hate mail you want to send, uh, send it to Lance Welton. Uh, you can Google him and email That's him. Some pretty far right shit, man. Yeah, I thought I, I thought that was a pretty interesting article in the sense that without getting too heavily, and I know we talked a little bit off the show about IQ and stuff like that, and we have different ideas of what the science is. Okay, um, so I'm going to get into that because, quite frankly, um, you believe you have evidence and you believe I do not, and I don't have anything to back it. But quite frankly, I just don't believe that any race is superior to any other race. Well, I don't necessarily go ahead. No. I could, I concur. Uh, you can ask me about evidence, whatnot. I just, I just don't. I, again, I, how, again, there is no, nothing was mentioned about superiority in that article. So I'm just confused as to why you make that leap. 
automatically. So and I think different it, different levels of stupid. If you're this race, you're this kind of stupid. If you're this race, you're this kind of stupid. But maybe you're this race and you're only that kind of stupid. You know, that's that's how that's. No, go it, ahead. It, go it, ahead. It can, no, it can be construed that way. When you read those things, it, it can be, I think, easily and maybe by stupid people construed that way, <laughs> which who, who I am one of. But <laughs> I, I go back and I, I talk about him all the time on the air, off the air. I go back to Dr. King, man. I contact the character. I've always been a person. I, 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 wait a I've second. Wait, a whoa, whoa, whoa. Time, 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 time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. There, I, I, I think we're, we're making this huge leap here. We're I, not, though. I, we're not. We're not. You keep, we keep saying that, but we're not. I think I think, I think I, you guys are. But go ahead. Why do you think we are? I just think that I, I'm not. So I'm not I'm not getting that out of there. This is this is. This is one opinion, and and again, I said if you want to focus or hate mail, hate it on Lance Walton. I'm just trying to step back and take an objective look at what right. his point, right. of what his point of view is, right? And and, and this automatic, this automatic assumption that he's declaring racial superiority, it didn't sound like he was declaring it for white people either, because he's saying they're fucking stupid. I didn't now. say that. I did not say, nor did Todd say that you were making an argument for white people. No, no, I'm not so saying I am. I'm saying that he or was. he. We're, well, right. neither Todd or I said to you that you or he, whatever the author's name was, are making that they white superiority, but you are classifying people's like you know intelligence by the color of their skin and that or where they where part of the planet they come from and that is just crazy to me and i think crazy to top you know okay that being skin color kind of uh denotes where way back when uh the equator quite frankly uh, it helped protect uh from the sun thousands of years ago so if you were closer to the equator, you might be a little, you know, you Darker. know, as you want to say, I, yes. Um, Listen, I've know, had, I've had five different skin cancer surgeries. I could talk about, you know, no, I'm envious of this, of the skin. These, these people that nice tan skin, look at me, I'm pale white, Todd. I'm pale white with skin cancer. And you're probably, jealous of, I'm jealous of these nice tan and brown black bronze whatever it's, and it sucks for it sucks for me i got skin for the pub you're probably northern european i'm just guessing what'd but you, you you're probably northern european in background i'm just yeah. guessing so that's so, so that's todd neil todd neil what todd neil are trying to say to everybody is they're not racists and don't come to their house because no that's not a fine you can come you can come at me i i just I just don't see any IQ. They just want they just they just want you to know before wait, we have a discussion you, wait, wait, about. Are you saying that you are racist then? What what kind of comment is that, Gary? Well, I'm just saying that I don't. Todd and I have not said anything that would make us. Well, I'm just I'm just saying say that we're not. Racist. My, my point is, is that we can talk about the merits of the article or you two can pontificate about whatever we your are, black and your are, skin you know, cancers forbid. and your brown you, and bronze. You can read an article for 10 minutes, but if we like prequel to our point, you're going to fucking shut us down. Is that what you're telling me? Okay, go ahead. Prequel to your point, then. I apologize. Yeah, go ahead. Todd. Prequel. Prequel on. Go ahead. Todd. Go ahead. Well, I'm, and Gary, you said off air that I don't have any evidence to back myself up. I just believe that people, because of, this is what we're taught in America, through hard work and study 
and everything else, you can rise above your circumstance and, and what you're raised, uh, uh, basically your circumstance, and you uh, go to greater, greater heights than what your circumstances might allow up through. Basically, that's why I'm conservative. Quite frankly, Reagan taught us that basically hard work, you, you can uh, go, go to greater heights. Uh, what you're saying here, uh, this article, not you, I'm sorry, I will retract that, with the, what this article is saying is that a person can only attain a certain level and there's a cap for different ethnicities that's not what the article said. Well, okay, okay. I will give you the floor then. Go ahead. That's not what that's not what the article said. Actually, it said at one point that if that people who were so first off, you're going to bring in some, so hold on. My first gripe with you is you're going to bring in something that we talked about off the air and you've totally posited that I don't believe in what you just said in terms of that America is a country that you can be the best you can and hard work. And I think you need to give me credit that I said, I agree with that whole principle entirely. And well, you didn't, but you want to bring, but you want to talk about something that we said off air and you posited as if that's not what I believed. And so I have, I so saw, I take, I take a little umbrage with that. Oh, I, I, I would, I would, I believe you believe that, but uh, what I'm saying is the article is kind of countering that. I, I'm not saying that you are countering that, I'm saying that the article is countering that, but you're, it's hard to distinguish you and the article. I know, I know there is a distinguish, distinguishment of the article, but that's what I was trying to do off air, distinguish what you believe and what the article, because the article to me, I mean, that's the definition of racism, quite frankly. If the article is saying there is a cap um, what a person could do based on race, to me, that's the definition of racism. I'm not equating that to you. I'm so just you've the article. You've read that article. You've read the article already yourself, and then I just read the the article onto the show. Right. Can you can you tell me where he says anywhere there's a cap? Well, it it clearly states that. Uh, you read the article. That's what I took from it. If that's wrong, that's fine. It's it's just. Well, I'm just trying to. I'm just. Is it not basically like nature versus you know nurture versus nature? Isn't that kind of what they're where they're yeah. getting at? Where your yeah. IQ can change if you you know if you're put in a better situation or a right. different situation. Right, but I don't know why. So my whole point, my point of of I, I read this article and I was like, wow, this is a very interesting take. It is and a very, it is a very interesting. So hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish my point. Don't step on my point. Okay. Yeah, you never do that. Um, so my my whole my thing was I read that article and I was at at a at a point too where I was like, wow, that's that's pretty heavy to come out and just start making the accusation. So first he has, uh, he, he cite, cites a lot of those other articles 
um, and other um, journal studies for his points. So that's the first thing. He has citations there, unlike Todd. Um, but uh, but what I, t- what I took away from that, I thought that was pretty interesting because even IQ as a whole, now you could, you could debate the fact whether or not certain racial groups have different IQ levels and things like that. And again, I think we all agree on this show that none of us are smart enough to even try to even take a hack at what that exactly means, right? But I would say my point is, is from as I sit here objectively, um, that I shouldn't just throw the throw science out or people who do those kind of studies. I shouldn't just throw it out immediately because it it puts a bad taste in my mouth. And now no one, I'm not. No one's but, suggesting that you do throw it out. I right. Mean. But I'm. But the fact that you know everybody has to song and dance for 20 minutes about how they oh, hey, Martin Luther Dr. Martin Luther King said content of care. it's like okay that's great we're not talking not a about a fucking that. song and dance it's when when you asked me my opinion that was my answer okay maybe my answer was a song and dance to you i but, didn't chime in i didn't chime in and say oh, bah, 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 dr king you asked me my opinion i think people that you know do unto others as they do unto you and i i find that hard to believe that you know you can sum it up that easily. I don't think you can. I just don't think you can. Sum what up? Where you're from dictates your intelligence, or your what sex you are dictates your intelligence. I just, I just don't think. Yeah, so. just a race. Like Todd said, "I'm not going to tell you I have all this evidence. I'm just going to tell you I, I know people. I'm alive. I've been alive for a while. I, I personally, and non-confrontationally, disagree with that." My my point is a race should not determine an IQ. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I may not have evidence of that because I haven't done the research yet, but quite frankly, yeah, that's that's my opinion. I think we're all kind of at zero and socioeconomic and other factors determine let me say this this. gary let me say this i thought that article was very well written i thought it was very intelligent i thought it brought up a lot of really interesting uh points and uh so i'm not saying that's a bunch of bullshit and why are you reading that shit i just i just you know when asked my opinion on it you know that's that's my opinion no it's a great uh, it's a great article for talking uh discussion i i believe Quite frankly, I love this article to actually have a discussion point about this. Um, you know, we may disagree um, about this, but I think it's very good for discussion. And quite frankly, on this podcast, we don't always have to agree. No, but here's the deal, though. I don't think that's fair, though, because podcast to agree all the time on right, everything. Right. But I don't think it's fair to say that we disagree because it sounds like it's us versus Gary, and I don't really think Gary. No, Gary I, isn't I, really, I, these aren't Gary's like, again, yeah. Gary didn't write the article. He's just, Correct. he's asking us how, how we're poking holes in it. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. That, that, that exactly. doesn't mean that he, you know. So I, I, I would just say, you know, um, you know, if we have numerical evidence of this, what do we think about this? Do we think this is, well, I want to take your. Well, I want to take one point. You said. You said. You said. I don't think that race should be not based on IQ. Or you, you were like, I don't think you can measure IQ on race, right? That's what you said. Is that what you said? Okay. 
let's hypothetically for a second. What what if it was true, though? What if you could? What then? Well, I. I, well, I mean, what do you do then? I mean, what do you what do you do? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I stepped on you. I apologize. No, it's fine. It's hard to get. It's hard for me to get to, to that space because, quite frankly, I know some wonderful people that are very intelligent that, you know, you could say, you know, the, the outliers or whatever. But quite frankly, I think I've always believed that differences in outcome were because of what was basically input, which was the, they were born poor, they didn't have education, that kind of thing, because there are a lot of white people that were born in poor areas that basically had the same outcomes as some minorities that were also poor. So I would more uh, think of that as if you're born poor, it's hard to get out of that. The, and that would affect your outcome more than your race. Well, I think that would that would that's also been I would say that point and th- th- not to take us down the road about poverty, but I think that's been disproven. I think you just need to pick up any book that Thomas Sowell ever wrote. And he he disproves that. I'm just saying that you the have whole poverty to, trap. Right. I'm just but, saying the hard I'm, you have to do the hard work. Right. But that doesn't I, that saying, doesn't. No, I'm just saying there are there is white working poor and there is uh, poor black. I think that's a, the same outcome unless you really work hard to get out of that. I don't that's think I'm saying I don't think anything's being disputed in that. I, I don't understand where again I so I'm not of, saying if you're black or you're whatever race besides white, you know, you're, you know, you're, that should be blamed. Quite frankly, I'm saying if you're poor and white, you're going to have the same outcome, regardless of race. So I think it's basically. Well, I, I mean, yeah, you have what I know. I know you said you can't, you but I, but my point to you is, can you, work. can you prove that? I, I believe you yours a you have to be able to do the hard work and not succumb to what your circumstances are. That's what I'm trying to say. Because okay. what happens is if you're poor, and your parents are gonna tell you that's what you do, that's what you are, and you're never gonna be able amount to anything more than that, that's gonna impact how much you, uh, how hard you work. If you're able to get, if you're able to work harder and you can actually get out of that. So I think that's what you're saying. But basically it's personal responsibility. It's a rugged individualism. That's what I'm talking about. Theodore Roosevelt. I'm getting back to Theodore Roosevelt. So there, there you go. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I think we're agreeing in a circular manner, but I. I, I, know, I, I, I actually think we're agreeing. We're just. I just don't. I just. Go to the same place. 
I have no like, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way. I really don't. But I have no idea what the hell you just said. I have no idea what you're talking about because that has nothing to do with the, what this article. Well, That's not true. I thought. That, I thought he. What he's talking about. I, I I just don't because no one's disputing that. There's no. We're not disputing right, working but here's hard. The, the whole point to come full circle is that when you read when. when when you read something like that, not you personally, but when, if you read, if someone reads something like that, you automatically, it, it's construed as, you know, racist. Okay, so I'm going to say this. The article, not you, Gary, but the article is saying there is, the, you know, if you're a certain race, you can only go up to no, this it's, portion. No, it's That's not. That's what it's saying. That's not what it said. That's not okay. what the article. I read the. I you've read the article, yeah. and yes. then I read the article to you. That's not what it said. But that's not the. I don't understand. What I don't understand is what how did it you say. Don't then understand. you give us what you your takeaway from it. Then how about that? You tell us yeah. your version I, of what it says. Yes. Let, well, I mean, even yes. to t- so it. Todd makes the point of the article. It says according to the research. No, no, no. I we, don't want you to read it. I want you to. Yeah, but uh, hold on. Let me read this one point because it uh, ma- it makes Todd's point though, and that's what I don't understand. So, what I'm saying, I think ahead, we're just, no, read, read this one point. No, because <laughs> it's made. It's made. It's because it's. No, no, we're not. We're not. It's it's not. Go ahead. I want to hear. I gotta hear this. I gotta... Go go ahead. Am I going to get a second to, to talk through my thing or? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Todd brought up the point about socioeconomics. It says right here in the article, it says, according to the research, we were under Darwinian selection for intelligence until about 1800 because the richer 50% of the population had about the double the number of surviving children as the poorer 50% of the population. This continuously raised IQ due to robust relationship between intelligence and socioeconomic status. So that the first point is, is that it nowhere does that say anything about it says if if you have an ability to be wealthier, you should have more children because if you're wealthier, you tend to be smarter and you should have more kids. And that in in turn, as you continue to grow that portion of the population, you're going to increase your IQ. It doesn't say anything at that in point. In theory. No. Gary, how many how many rich rich kids did we grow up with that were dumb motherfuckers? That's that's there's I mean so I mean there's part of the, first of all you can't you're you're it says according to the research not anecdotal evidence. Yeah, we knew a bunch of dumb dumb kids, but that doesn't mean that's to, Of course it's according to the research. I mean, come on. You really felt the need to say that? Well, it has to be I mean, said because you're inter- you're inject you both of you have injected anecdotal evidence, which is good, but it doesn't it's not a research based evidence. I mean, I would so, say real what, life what? is fucking research in real life. Yeah, I get it. I get it. A doctor marries a doctor and they have little doctor kids, so they're smarter than than, you know, the ditch digger marrying the other ditch digger. And then they have ditch digger. I get that, it. That's that's all. But again, if that if it's so simple like that, why is that? It, it's just it, it, he brings up a couple points and he says some uncomfortable things about particular groups, right? And I get that. And I and again, my point is is I'm not confirming or denying. We 
know you're not. Stop saying that. We know you're not. Okay. So my thing was is that I thought it was an interesting take based on the 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 compo- the makeup of the the jury, right? Right. But I thought his points. So I'm kind of in agreement again, and, and I know you were talking I think about he's the got cir- great points too. I think it's a well, great. Article. Let me. Fu- can I fucking finish my don't fucking curse. thought? Don't curse him, man. So my point with the article is more about not so much about when he calls out the racial components of that stuff. Cause you got, I mean, like you got, it can be disputed, right. Or, or, or there's, there's counter research, right. To, to those particular points um, possibly, but my, 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 the things that I thought were interesting was that if we go on the premise that generally speaking the entire population regardless of what their makeup is is less smarter than we were in the past that the one thing that jumped out at me is i want to i want to find it because it was it was really important is when he said um how we've gone back to the 16 uh six what is it the 16th century he says this was a period in which juries were intimidated, bribed, or even sent back to reconsider if they reached the wrong verdict because people's moral reasoning was weaker. IQ correlates with trust. And I thought that was interesting because people with low IQ can't work out who to trust. Right. And so we see this all the time. And this could be expanded upon the COVID stuff. This can be expanded on. I mean, think about QAnon, right? Think about all of these wild things now. We have all of this information at our fingertips. And I thought Todd made a comment offline, and this was something I agreed with, was that Todd said that we don't read books. People are attached to social media. All of these things that have kind of went. And, and the one thing that jumped out at me, and I thought one or both of you would bring this up, I immediately thought to idiocracy. The movie Idiocracy, yep. right? Where you had remember in the beginning scene where you had the two smart people and they were they were waiting to have kids, right? And then the two dumb people were having a lot of kids, and then the two smart people they went back to them and they're like, "Yeah, we're still waiting. We're waiting for you know Janet to finish her PhD and this that." And the other. So that was the real take. That's the got. movie where they're given like they can't grow crops because they're giving them Gatorade or something. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do know that movie. <laughs> and. And uh, and so bait. that, yeah, bait. What are you doing, bait? Uh, Brondo. <laughs> it gives the electrolytes. Um, yeah. Bait. So that was uh, so that was my after this whole sing song and then it's like yeah he brings up this these things about yes he makes the claim that the black population on average has a lower IQ and that women have lower IQs than men. And he states some statistical data and you can have a dispute with the the statistical data or disagree with the statistics. That's, uh, you know, that's whatever your compunction is. But the real heavy points I took was that the lack of trust in the system and that the and then and then we do know, I mean, so a lot of things kind of were working out in my brain. And I was thinking about how uh, like journalism degrees. And I just saw an article about um 
I have a journalism degree. I just want to point that out. I actually do from UW. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and and so, and and so, what I thought was how how easy it is to get communication and get journalism degrees. You're probably not. You probably don't have to be. I mean, I, when I was doing p- political science, I always joked around. I was. I always said uh, when I did my poli sci degree, I was just a little bit smarter than a, than someone who was getting a journalism degree. And and so one thing, I I'm I double majored, so I was a poli sci major and a journalism <laughs> major. So they taught me. They taught me how to ask a question and not answer a question at the same time. Right. Just right on. Let me out and. Ask one, but not answer at the same time. I love and that. so, um, but what I was thinking is how the media narrative was, um, well, how the me- the media basically drives kind of the low IQ messaging, right? The the distrust right the media has done a disservice and then the institutions themselves has done a distrust i mean we've talked about the fbi and we've talked about and as you as you expand and you lower standards um for hiring people into these institutions um you could see where this lack of trust because the institution you have less smarter people and in general working in these institutions, you have that corruption and all those things. And that was kind of the thing that I, I took out of it. I wasn't necessarily concerned with the racial component, although that I thought that was interesting and I'd have to do more reading and research on that. Um, and especially the female male comparison, but we know physiologically men and women are different and women tend to be more empathetic than, than men. And so that would be, you know, an issue for concern. I don't know if I'd go as far as he would in terms of, you know, um, I don't know, saying that empathy was all a uh, total, you know, uh, a total bummer for Chauvin, because I think he went and talked about the the George Zimmerman case. And if you ha- if you had all women and they were empathetic to the victim, then George Zimmerman should have been convicted as well. But he wasn't. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I took out of the article. Um, that's what I thought was uh, pretty uh, was pretty interesting. I just thought it was a very different take. I thought it was a very, you know, um, it's a creative, unique, different take on what's going on. And we we haven't even talked about the other article Gary uh, sent about the um, woke left comparing them to the Bolsheviks. I thought that was pretty interesting too, actually. Yeah, go ahead, spin that up. Since you're you're yeah, the was, you're the journalist major, <laughs> God. I don't want to read the entire article. Another hidden talent. Saying they um, the same tactics of the left, of today's left, is what the Bolsheviks were doing um, back in 1918 with uh, Lenin, and uh, without the violence. Uh, they they were quick to point out, but uh, but yeah, they they were uh, this um, current modern um, um, thinking of the woke left wants to transform the country 
the same kind of way that the uh, Soviets or the Bolsheviks wanted to transform Russia but back in 1918, again, without the, uh, the extreme of violence. I thought that was very interesting and I kind of saw the correlation there. Um, but, uh, you know, when you talk about Lenin, uh, he was uh, talking about his 151st birthday. And, uh, but basically I, I agreed with that article quite a bit, actually. And I, I thought that would be very interesting. I thought that was going to be the article we could talk about more tonight, but it turned out to be the opposite. But I did want to point that out. And uh, Garrett, what did you take from that article? Well, I not to put poor Neil to sleep, I, I just want to say it was a revolver uh, dot news. There's no, I can't find any attribution. Otherwise, I would attribute to the author. Um, Because at our show, we like to give fair attribution uh, to those people. But I thought uh, just some key some key points. Uh, One one part, they say once they had taken power, the Bolsheviks didn't immediately launch Stalin style mass purges. Instead, the Bolsheviks started off in a way modern Americans would find disturbingly familiar by legitimizing criminal anarchy and co-opting the justice system. And and you see that. Right. Again, that kind of ties into the other article. Right. Which is the they they create chaos within the institutions that we have grown up our whole lives trusting. Right. The criminal law, legal justice system. Right. You go to trial, you expect a fair trial, you expect due process. um, And they they manage to corrupt, corrupt those. And and then you have um, they allow for anarchy to take place in the streets so they wouldn't use the police force or the military to break up uh, when they were having, uh, you know, workers strikes and riots in the streets um, right after the Bolsheviks had come to power. Um, in fact, they encouraged it, which a lot of people argue the Democrats encourage BLM and Antifa to continue the nonsense that they continue. Um, and, and so that, that was the, one of the keys that I thought um was part of the article. The other, the other things you have to remember about when Lenin took power, um, they did it uh, democratically. Um, they had votes. They had created the Soviets, which were committees and councils. Um, they had soldiers and workers councils, um, and and the main target uh, of. Uh, Lenin's and you know, well, it was under Trotsky and Felix Drzinski, um, but they went after the Kulaks, who were basically what we would consider today as your small business entrepreneurs, your um, you know middle class. It's, I mean, that's maybe an overgeneralization, but the Kulaks were a little bit more affluent farmers who I think owned the land in Russia. Um, and they were the ones, the, the Kulaks and the peasants that actually worked in the farmland uh, were the hardest to convert to the Soviet cause uh, during uh, the Soviet Union. And you can see that because most of the attacks, right, come at the, the middle class, um, your everyday working man, uh, 
um, which would be, I guess, in, in, in correlation, you know, uh, your, your, your peasant, not saying that the working man is a peasant, but just to, to kind of correlate the two. Um, and th- those are the people that are under the kosh, under the system. Um, when, when the Bolsheviks first took over, they only controlled the cities. I think they controlled Moscow and St. Petersburg. Um, but after that, they really didn't have control of most of the country. That's why they had the uh, Russian Civil War, not to get too much into the history. Um, but uh, I th- yeah, I thought the article was pretty good. I think the one thing that we have to take into consideration here is because uh, the United States traditionally has lacked a class consciousness. Uh, what was I reading this today? Oh, this was the Chris Rufo article. I didn't send it to you guys because I had a hard copy. But this ties into critical race theory um, where you can take the, the revolver article and substitute class warfare for race warfare because the only animus that's ever really existed in the United States has been the racial uh, component. It hasn't really been, I think, Todd explained went on his Teddy Roosevelt rant, he expanded on the fact that if with hard work and grift and all of that, you could probably make something of yourself in the United States. So there really hasn't ever been this class consciousness because people have flowed from one class to the next because the opportunity has allowed that. So what they've done, the Marxists, since they've been defeated, um, when I, and I mean defeated in the sense that they no longer control a state like the Soviet Union. Um, well, I guess you could argue they control Cuba. China is more of a modifier of state capitalism and authoritarianism. I don't know if you'd call that true. Mar- they, I mean, they say that's more Maoism, right, than Marxism. Anyway, um, because the United States hasn't really had a, a, a class consciousness, uh, the Marxists pick at the one thing they can they can. Um, really take advantage of, and that's the perception of racial hostility. And so you have, they take the writings of uh, Antonio Gramsci, who talks about cultural hegemony, and uh, Marcusa, I can't, his name, first name, is it Edward? I want to say it's Edward, I don't think that's it, but Marcusa, M-A-R-C-U-S-E, wrote um, about the using Marxism and, and really um, that's the post and the postmodernism of Foucault. That combination is what the is what they're wielding philosophically against the population of the United States now. And you're starting to see that. And, I, and, and you can extrapolate this. I think we go back to even when we were just talking about the case itself. Right. No one's disputing the fact that a man died or that. Chauvin was maybe responsible for something, depending on how you feel, what level of responsibility Chauvin had. But there was never a racial component, except that when it was injected by the media and these organizations like Black Lives Matter and things like that. And that is the concept that the Revolver article and the Chris Rufo article, which is an imprimis, if you want to get imprimis, imprimis is free. It's from Hillsdale College. Um they're using those other philosophies in order to create the chaos that's needed to foment the revolution. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was when I read that article, that was my take. It's, it's just built upon, they, they compare, 
um, you know, the early Russian revolution. And then you have, you know, you have a lot of people that always, I know we've talked to Thomas before about comparisons to the Weimar Republic and, um, you know, it's just, it's just food for thought. What did, did you get a chance to look at it, Neil, or? Well, you know, Dr. King, content of character. Very good. I believe all, all men are created equal. No, I didn't read that one. No, I read the first one. I did not read that. <laughs> you read the first one. I'm like, you're like, I'm not even going to try the second one. You're like, no, I'm well, not, no. I'm well, honestly, when, I, when I clicked on the link, it, it, would, it didn't. It didn't give me anything. It just gave me people's comments. Oh, really? I just I was just reading people's comments. Maybe I did it wrong. But so then I just so I read the second one. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. Lenin was a scary motherfucker. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's pretty interesting how all that unfolded. But all it took was a very vocal minority. And uh, away they went. And that's kind of what you see today. You don't I, I think. Um, I was cr- I was criticizing you guys because you were bringing up anecdotal anecdotal evidence when we were talking about um, the studies and the research that that other guy Lance Welton had done in his article. But I will tell you where you're absolutely correct when you bring up that anecdotal evidence and the simple fact that you can go outside and talk to your neighbors and talk to the wide diaspora of friends that each of us have, and most people may have either right-leaning or left-leaning sensibilities, but nobody is, is, is nobody that I know, and I try to associate with all sorts of different people, all walks of life, I know, um, but nobody I know thinks even remotely close, even the people I know as leftist liberals don't even think of this, uh, of any of this stuff as just pure radical craziness. Um, so, I mean, I, I have some, some family members that you would, you would say are more on the left side of the spectrum and they would think that some of this stuff is completely insane. Um, so it is a small, very, very small minority, but they're very loud and that's all you need to be. Well, see, I would say the Republican party and therefore conservatives should try to put themselves as the party of the common sense i that would be smart to me because i think the left is trying to take their hand and go way too far which they always try to do they they won i mean biden's the president so i have to say they won the presidential election let's just uh take away whatever we thought could have happened but biden is president but they He's trying to overplay his hand. Uh, so I think the Republican Party should position themselves as the party of the, of the common sense and therefore the common person in America. And I think that that, that would really help them in 2022 and 2024. Because I, I think there are a lot more people that think that way than what you hear in the media. Uh, and on the coasts um, all the time. I just sit there. I, I, I love your positive, wishful thinking. I just don't think the Republican, I think the Republicans are too inept. I, you look, I, I'm sorry. I just, 
the one thing that jumped out at me is today, Kevin McCarthy, I forget who he was talking to, and he's the leader of the Republicans in the House right now, was he said something today to the effect of, I thought Joe Biden was going to be a moderate, but he's really an extreme guy and he's really pushing for socialism. And you're like, holy shit, man, like where, like what planet, what rock have you been under? Like, are you crazy that Joe Biden wasn't going to get pushed this far to the left? Joe Biden is a cyborg robot yeah. that is a animated corpse. What, I've, what have I seen before? I do not trust politicians on either side of the aisle. That's why I like Trump, because, yes, you're right. Once you get into the class of uh, kind of the ruling class, you kind of think, oh, they're going to be okay, but they're not. And quite frankly, we've tried to warn that, warn about that before the election happened during election season, but they didn't listen to us. It is well, to be true. Well, I've got one. I've got some good news. I guess Joe Kent got invited down to speak. I don't know if he was down. I, I think it was down in Florida, but he was speaking with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Anthony Bouchard, who I mentioned uh, last show as well. So I was excited to see that. That's um, yeah, um, because the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Joe Kents, the Anthony Bouchards, the um, Chip Roy's, uh, Andy Biggs, those guys are really the ones that are are worth uh, at this point in time supporting. I mean, I'm even I would question Jim Jordan a little bit. I think he's kind of sold out to the tech companies. Um, but I. I, I don't know. I, I wonder who this leadership is that you talk of, Todd. I mean, is it is it Trump still? Is it is it another? Is there an up and comer? Is it Ron DeSantis? Is it who who is it? Is it a guy we haven't seen yet? Well, I, I'm trusting DeSantis more and more. But again, he's a politician, so I would fall back on Trump. I would really like Trump to run again. But if that doesn't happen right now, I'm thinking DeSantis. But who knows? He's quite frankly been in the game for a while, so he probably has allegiances that we don't know about. So we'll have to see. That's where I'm headed right now. But Trump did uh, transform me a little bit because, believe me, I used to vote for George W. Bush and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I'm different than I was before. So. I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. You know, I basically vote. Well, George R. W. Bush is getting with the Koch brothers to do amnesty. So they've totally retconned him. George W. Bush was loathed by the left for 10 years. And now because he's come out as this guy who doesn't really like Donald Trump, they've totally reinvented George W. Bush as some guy who just didn't, you know, didn't perchance start two of the most costliest wars in the history of the United States. They love them now. Neil, I would be interested in your take because you're basically kind of um, a Reagan or Trump Democrat that voted Republican because of the issues uh, of what they basically Trump, because you probably don't remember Reagan about the policies so much, but the Trump uh, policies, uh, you're, you know, you're the perfect guy to ask 
uh, what would you want in a uh, in a uh, nominee? Basically, would you want the Trump policies with somebody else or with Trump, or what do you think? The Trump policies or Trump? Yeah, the Trump policies. The man well, Trump. I mean, if they're going to run on the Trump policies, is that what you want, or what do you think? I, I, I there's no way I can give that an, an uh, intelligent answer. I, I just what I love about Trump is uh, the no wars, and I don't understand how people when you debate people on the left, that that doesn't hold any water. You say, well, like Gary said that to uh, our, our guest Pete months ago. Remember that, Gary? I sure do. He was like, what is Tr- what has Trump done? And you were like, how about no wars? Like, and he just like blew right over that because that's what non-Trump supporters do. And I, that just blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind that they don't, that that doesn't mean anything. And yet when, when we're in war, right? protests in the streets and there's all these you know horrible things said and done but um, I guess that would be my very uneducated answer would be like I I like the no wars thing that's why I defend whenever anyone I quote Gary I quote Utah whenever getting to big I had a debate uh, Friday about this but I I said the same thing no wars no wars four years no wars well I and Obama was the reason why we had such a good economy during Trump's presidency I pr- the president has not done that. No wars and no. No, I know. Never, never. Yeah. I mean, really, it's since Eisenhower. He talked about the industrial uh, war, industrial complex, and since then, we've always been in wars. Well, let me ask, let me answer let me answer your question with a question. Is that is it possible to keep? Is that a good like saying? Oh, what do you like about Trump's policies? No wars. Is that? feasible for future presidents or did Trump just get lucky? No, it is if you're not going to be a typical politician and because war is a business and it's good for the military to have war because they have to have a bigger budget and they have to have um, more staffing and all, all of that. Gary would know that more than either of us but quite frankly it it behooves both parties to have wars in foreign places. It just does. Yeah, I would I would go and say that even, even when Trump so Trump initially tried to get us out of Syria. So here's I mean, I this is this was what was part of the frustrating thing with Trump. So, I mean, even so, if I got to be I got to be critical of him for a second and I don't want to be critical, but I have to bring up this point. And this, you know, and it's not when I think about it, it's not necessarily a negative point. But when Trump wanted us to get out of Syria initially, he couldn't help but not listen to the people in the Pentagon when they were like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And that's kind of why he backed off pulling us out of Syria. Then when it came to Afghanistan, he reached out to the Taliban and made the deal with the Taliban. And of course, the military generals were like, you, you know, you see, you see what they write. They're like, girls won't go to school and things like that. And it's like, dude, I'm sorry, but I'm not dying in Afghanistan. So girls in Afghanistan can go to school. Not when we have all the problems we have in this country. Okay, I'm sorry. I am just I know that sounds like a shitty answer. Um, I think even Joe kind of mentioned something similar last week, and it's a crummy answer. 
but it's not helping when you look at national interest, it's not helping us. It's, it's not, you know, if we were to go and fight so that girls can go to school, well, there's about 10 other countries we'd have to invade and we need to draft about, you know, 5 million people. And then we'll make sure that girls in every country in the world go to school. And that's not really our business to do. Um, you won't know, every day I get told here and I don't mean to go off on a little rant, but it's like every day I get told here, I have to respect other people's cultures. And if someone else's culture is they don't want girls to go to school, what am I to do but not respect it? Sorry. Um, but I think when it came to the president again, if he just every time I forget who said this, um, every time Donald Trump or maybe Steve Bannon said this, but every time Donald Trump operated on his own instinct, he was right. Every time he listened to somebody in Washington, D.C., he got screwed. And that's why he didn't be, he wasn't able to fulfill the complete pullout of Syria. And that's why he wasn't able to fulfill the complete pullout of Afghanistan before he left office. Now, I'll be curious to see if Joe Biden actually goes through with it or if they make something up, because right now all the media people are writing articles about why we should stay in Afghanistan. And it's insane to me going back to the George W. Bush statement. They spent eight years writing about how we should get out of Afghanistan during the entire Bush presidency. And now the same people are writing why we should stay in Afghanistan 20 years later. So I, I just I, I um, you believe it's been 20 years already. That's crazy. It, I mean, 9-11 was 2001, September 2001, 2001. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's wild. Um. And if you were to tell me back then, we'd still be. If you were to tell me in 2003, right, when we invaded Iraq, that in 2021, we'd still be in those countries. Uh, one, I don't know if I would believe that. Two, if I did believe that, I would think that by now, Iraq and Afghanistan would look like South Korea. Right. I mean, you would think that we would get something back for our return and our investment of spending 20 years in a country. You would think, yeah. you know, there'd be shopping malls everywhere and people, you know, doing you gotta be sensitive to their cultures. guy. Well, yeah, it, I don't think the Koreans were into shopping centers until we got there <laughs> in the 50s either. But but I'm just saying, like, I, I'm expecting Iraqi pop. You know, they have K-pop in Korea. I would think by now we'd have Iraq pop. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think our, our, we would have a heck of a lot more for our investment. Instead, Iraq is a complete disaster still. And who the heck knows what will happen with Afghanistan. But, um, and it's a travesty because there's been hundreds of thousands of people who have died. Now, I mean, not even considering American service people. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But for what? We're still at square one, really. So, And, again, I, I go back, I, you know. Well, these are holy wars, right? They've been gone on thousands of years. You're not going to come over and, and fuck. Well, not, not even that, Neil. But what did what did what did the and then we talked I, I we talked about this last week, I, I think. Um, but I said. Uh, Mullah Omar's only crime against the United States was that he refused to hand over Osama bin Laden. And I think. If I, if I remember correctly, 
he told the United States, he's like, I don't know where he is, but if he's here, you, you guys can't come here. We're a sovereign country. Um, and the United States invaded. And then where did they kill bin Laden? Where did they find him? He wasn't even in Afghanistan. He was in did Pakistan. They, did they kill him? Well, I mean, that's Robert O'Neill is the guy who supposedly shot him. He's on Twitter and he says, yes, we killed him. So I mean, they, they couldn't they dumped his body in the ocean. I mean, like, come fuck on. What kind of ridiculousness is that? You'd think there'd be more proof. They were when they killing up. They were. I remember working on Wall Street years ago. They would. They were killing terrorists, and they like they, they would put the dead body on the front page of the of Post, the New York Post, the New York Times, like bragging about killing this. Uh, I remember the one said, "Gary, you might remember this." One, I forget the the terrorist. We call him terrorist. We forget. I forget the guy's name, but he. Uh, the title said, "Bring on the virgins." Do you remember that? No, because they're supposed to go with like seventy virgins or something when they die. Yeah. So it was his dead body. It was literally the front page was his dead body close up his face. And it said, bring on the virgins was the title. And uh, but that's how much we bragged. That's how much we we loved killing these people. And then this guy dies, who is apparently the the uh, the the guy. And they're like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, we killed him. Oh, yeah. We got rid of his body. Oh, yeah. No, he's dead. It's like, come on. Really? You're putting this you're, you're you're mocking these dead bodies and putting them on the front page of, the you know, millions and millions of people read this paper. You get my point. I don't I don't know. No, I, I, I it's a good point. And, you know, they do shit like that. And then they wonder why cons- conspiracy theories start. Yeah. And that's not even fair to call me conspiracy theorist. For, you're right. And that's but it's not fair to call me a conspiracy theorist. I thought I just made a pretty good you know point as to why. Where's the evidence? Why aren't you bragging about it? Why is his head on a fucking stick? You know, like this pass it around and bring it to city to city like the Stanley Cup. If this guy really, you know, flew two airplanes into the Trade Center and killed thousands of Americans, you know, the first attack on American soil. And that was it. Oh, yeah, we killed him. We threw his body in the ocean. He's dead now. I did think, uh, you know, unless I see evidence otherwise, I believe he's dead, but no, I've heard the other. Uh, other I'm not. Stuff. All right. I'm not saying that I don't think or don't think he's dead. I just thought the way it was given to us was nowhere, That's nothing true. like the way the rest of these terrorist deaths were were or are given to us. You know. Fair, fair. You know. Sure. Sure. But yeah. By the way, uh, well, Biden's going to speak in for the joint session of Congress on Wednesday. Um, I have not heard the term State of the Union, but that's what he's going to do. So we'll see how that goes. We may want to have an emergency podcast uh, in the middle of the emergency. Case of break glass podcast. Yes. So we'll see. But uh, I'm, I'm, he actually went uh, past an hour. In his, uh, what you call it, uh, uh, very soft gloves um, press conference. So he may be able to break one hour in his State of the Union, but we'll see about that. I always said it was going to be 45 minutes. I'm probably going to be wrong, but we'll see. Um, but I, 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 he's going to unveil. Um, another round of big spending 
which I'm not going to be surprised about, but um, we'll see what happens. I don't think the Republicans will have uh, a lot of backbone with that, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting. At least the president will actually have to be in front of Congress for the first time uh, under Biden's presidency. And we'll see how long he, he goes. I'm going to be very interested. But, no, I, I don't. When it comes to the spending stuff, I don't think. Uh, I don't think the Republican. Because the minute the. Uh, Democrats will go, oh, Republicans don't want to spend money on children. The Republicans are, oh, we'll pass it. <laughs> you know, it's like, whatever. Well, nobody cares. Like I've always said, uh, I've heard somebody else say it. it's not me, but um, the Republicans control government and the speed of uh, the speed limits, the Democrats do it uh, exponentially. So there's not that big of a difference. Government is going to grow either way. So. You know, it's it's we don't have a party that actually uh, condenses government spending anymore in this country. So, you know, it's just how much you want, basically, is what we're fighting about. So, yeah, so that's uh, my two cents on that. But I just wanted to put that in there. Well, I'll tell you what, boys, we're, you know, over the two hour mark. You think you want to? Uh, I think we're uh, ready to wrap up. Care? Yeah. You want to do the honors? Yeah. Well, uh, this was an exciting episode, as usual. Neil and Todd are, Todd are wrong about everything. Yes. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> That's why we're here, right? So I, I have to say, I, I don't, not being able to see Gary, we do this. Uh, um, we can, I know people that listen can't see us, but we can see each other. But tonight we haven't been able to see Gary for uh, internet issue reasons, and I, I kind of feel like you've taken the, the bat out of my hands, Gary. I'm not happy about this. I need to see your shining, <laughs> hey, your shining face. One shining moment. I need to see your shining skull. Yeah. Your shining face. When we're arguing, it's not the same. Not the same. I'm arguing with a black screen. Dark screen. Oh, a oh, black screen, Todd, huh? Okay. <laughs> but anyway. anyway, so so we so Todd and I are wrong. Yeah, no. Um, here we go. Let's see if this will work. Hey, all right. There he is. All right. No, so um, as always, uh we say goodbye here uh, where uh, we review the news. This is review the news where we review the news and make the news make sense to you. Obviously it made no sense to any of us tonight. We were all struggling. Um, we had a good show. What the- <laughs> that's, 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 that's where the work comes in. That's doing the work. Yeah. We got to do the work. We're doing the work uh, for it's you. 33. Get, the to hear, get to hear three idiots argue about, nothing so we love we love you and uh todd's gonna work on those show notes (laughs) he's got the articles he's got the links anything else uh please let us know thank you again uh everyone listening uh you can find us at multiple places right now um actually i have a 
I had an issue loading on Gab. We can talk after. Um, but uh, you can find us uh, on Gab at Review News 1000. You can find us on Twitter at Review News 1000. You can find us on Patreon, Review News 1000. Uh, you can find us at anchor.fm. Uh, and you can actually just put us into the Google machine and uh, we'll pop up. You can also find us on Facebook where we encourage you to like our page. And uh, any yeah. anyone, anyone like our page. Anyone, somebody like our page, somebody like our page. These dead people vote for the Dems, but we can't get like six likes on our page. We should just pay. I keep getting that that ping to like just pay just Facebook. It's not so that just, expensive, actually. Gary. <laughs> like just pay us and we'll we'll give you 10,000 likes. It's not expensive, like, yeah. though. How much is it? Those couple hundred bucks, right? No, it's less than that. Yeah, let's just just do it. Todd, just pay for it, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem? It. Todd, get on that. Pay for that already, brother. Not expensive, Todd. Come on. Well, actually, if we could figure out how to get the Patreon donations, we could funnel that into the Facebook thing. We could do some embezzle it from the Patreon. It's crazy to... though, how, how the world is these days, right? So it's like your money versus likes. Like what what means what has more value, your money or likes on your bullshit page? Like it's 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 just crazy. Because Zuckerberg needs the money. Jump off a bridge. Give Zuckerberg the money, Todd. That's right. Zuckerbucks. <laughs> Give him the Zuckerbucks. That's right. Okay, guys, have a great night. Episode 33 in the books. It was a great show. And I was right. Good night, everyone. As always. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>